Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Janine. We are the hosts of We, we Art Here. Here. We talk about art. I introduce the history on an art subject. And I interview an artist tied to that art subject. Keep listening. Hey everyone. So in this episode, I sat down with Chaz Von Graves, who wears many hats when it comes to work as well as the arts. So for this history segment, I decided hard rock would be a great topic to briefly cover the history of. So let's get into it. What is hard rock? According to the New World Encyclopedia, hard rock is a variation of rock and roll music with roots in early 1960s garage and psychedelic rock. It's marked with the use of distorted electric guitars, bass guitar, and drums. Hard rock has been used to explain genres like punk and grunge to separate them from pop rock. Hard rock reflected many views and moods of the younger generations. Protest songs of the anti-war and civil rights movements helped create a venue for civil disobedience and influence of public attitude. Hard rock is also stated to have enabled the accelerated use of drugs and alcohol among its fans. But overall, hard rock can be said to unify disparate groups and separate them from social conservatism. Hard rock has its roots of influence in blues music, which is proven by the frequency of its usage of the pentatonic scale. Hard rock has more elements of British blues, which is said to have uh, more usage of modern instruments such as electric guitars, drums, keyboards, and electric bass. Bands such as the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the Yardbirds, the Who, and the Kinks provided the basis of hard rock by adding harder sounds, heavier guitar riffs, louder vocals, and heavier drumming. Psychedelic rock like that of Jimi Hendrix combined jazz, blues, and rock and roll elements. Hendrix was one of the first guitarists to experiment with new guitar effects like phasing, feedback, and distortion. In the 1970s, hard rock became more formal. Led Zeppelin's third album, Led Zeppelin III, Alice Cooper's School's Out album, Aerosmith, Queen, and Leonard Skinner had their debut albums recorded as well in the 1970s. The 1980s was a time of transition for hard rock. After bands lost members and others moved to other genres, was hard rock heading towards its end? No, of course not. ACDC kept the hard rock train going with their album Back in Black. Van Halen also continued to create hard rock music. In 1981, Motley Crue released an album called Too Fast for Love that helped set the basis for glam metal. Def Leppard released their album, Pyromania, which was a mix of glam rock, heavy metal, and hard rock. But a quick aside about Def Leppard. Their drummer rocked out and he only had one arm. I just think that was like the coolest thing ever. All right. Back to hard rock. In the 1990s, grunge helped keep hard rock alive. One of the more mainstream grunge bands is Nirvana, of course, and while the sounds of grunge rock were related to hard rock, uh, the only thing that really kind of differentiated them was the look. Their images were more toned down, um, more casual. The New World Encyclopedia seems to state that much of hard rock has slowly evolved to include more styles from other genres. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, and White Zombies are some of the names they mention of hard rock bands that have fused genres. Wolf Mother, The Darkness, and Velvet Revolver are bands from the 2000s that have continued the hard rock legacy. The predominant instruments in hard rock are the electric guitar, electric bass, and drums. Normally there is a rhythm guitarist and a lead guitarist. The lead guitarist plays the solos, the riffs, and the fills, 
while the rhythm guitarist complements by providing rhythmic and a harmonic accompaniment to the other instruments in the band. So, is hard rock the same thing as heavy metal? According to this encyclopedia, it is not. In the 1970s, heavy metal was born, and while it was inspired by hard rock, there are some small differences between the two, but mostly it comes from the images of the band. Many heavy metal bands are also viewed as hard rock bands. Some examples of this are Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and Deep Purple. Bands that are more commonly classified as hard rock bands are Aerosmith, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, and Kiss. Then in the 1980s, glam metal started appearing and adding to the confusion of the genres. Let's hear more about hard rock from Chaz Von Grace. All right, I am recording. Whew, how are you doing today? It's been a busy day <laughs> already. Uh, I had a, um, had a thing at the shop. We did like a live video thing for a company and had to take them on a virtual tour. I'm working on trivia for tonight, doing this. So yeah, it's, it's always, my life is always busy. <laughs> yeah. I had a rehearsal earlier for uh, the upcoming shows. How about you? How's things? It's fine. It's Thursday. So. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? It just is a fact, I guess. <laughs> right. um, yeah, but I'm good now. I'm not... Yeah, I'm good. So I guess I'll awesome. uh, just give you a little bit of background on me. But um, so yeah, I'm a student at Sam Houston. I'm in the grad program doing um, digital media production. So mm -hmm. I was in this podcasting class. Um, so how did you get involved with um, The Adventure Begins? Is it like, did you like um, start it with your friend, is that how it started or? No, I was, uh, I had just moved back to Houston and um, I was looking to do something. But I was taking a break from music for a while and uh, I was just looking to get out of the house and I really didn't want to do the bar scene anymore. So on Facebook, I saw that The Adventure Begins was hiring and I initially got rejected. Aww. And, uh, which was, you know, whatever. But then I sent a message saying, Hey, well, you know, if anything opens up, I appreciate your time. If anything opens up, uh, please let me know. These are the things that I've done. So maybe I can help out in some kind of way. And once he found out my credentials that I was in a, a band and movies and all that stuff, he immediately offered me a job. <laughs> oh. hmm. Yeah. So rock and roll saved me on that one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so is it the person um, that's like on the stickers with you? Is he the one that hired you? No, the guy on the stickers, uh, this Jarek, Jarek Kreitz. He's uh, my co-host on the Adventure Begins show. He's also the gaming manager from the Adventure Begins. And um yeah, we just we got thrown uh, thrown in together by the the owner. The owner, his name is Bill, Bill Sheely, and um, so uh, I brought up doing a show, and he already had that idea. So I know about comic books, and Jarek is the main uh, gaming guy. So he just threw us together, and the first handful of episodes were absolutely horrid, and we didn't know what we we're doing, and. But once we kind of got the feel for it, you know, we play off of each other. And I think we uh, work well together as far as nerdy co-hosting. <laughs> yeah, that's my buddy, Jarek. Long story short. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been, um, how long have you been liking comics? Like, when did you first start um, reading them? When I was a kid. I mean, I was, I don't know, maybe before elementary school. I remember my first comic book being Batman. So uh, maybe that's why my love for Batman comes from. And it was a death in the family. 
Mm. It was like part three, and it's Robin on the cover, and he's like bloodied up. And um, from there, it was that was it. I started digging comics and and pop culture stuff, and I was really big into like garbage ball kids and action figures. You know, in high school, all of my friends were using their money for other activities and things, and I was spending my money on comics and toys <laughs> and all that jazz. So. I've always been a nerd. I love it. Cool. And so what do you kind of think about, like, comics and, um, yeah, I guess comics. Well, first of all, do you have a differentiation between comics and graphic novels, or is that term kind of interchangeable, you think? Um, For me, I like the floppies. I like the singles just because when I had enough money, it was just enough money to go get a single. And um, the graphic novels, I would love to, to get into some graphic novels because they tell the whole story mm-hmm. and you kind of get to binge read every, uh, the entire thing in one sitting or the other way you have to wait. But um, I understand the purpose. They're just not for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just like the single stuff, but uh, they sell pretty, they sell pretty well at the store and they do serve a purpose. Because if you're into binge reading, graphic novels. If you can't wait, well, that's <laughs> what the floppies are for. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a binge um, reader. Like, the only thing yeah. I bought at the shop are graphic novels. Right on. Very cool. And have you ever, like, written any comics or? Mm. No. I, I In high school, I... I thought I wanted to be a comic book artist. My uncle's a, he was a, a comic book artist for uh, a while. And uh, he ended up, um, he started his own, his own company. It started out as a comic book company, but now it's just uh, graphic design. But uh, I saw the struggles and stuff that he was going through. And, you know, he was working a full-time job and then coming home and then working, drawing this comic book and help writing it and whatnot. And it was just, he just looked stressed out all the time and the return was not, um, it wasn't all that great as far as, you know, you can, if he wanted to do it, then he would have to continue his job as well. So I kind of saw that and I was like, eh, maybe that's not for me because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> lazy. It seems like you do so many things. <laughs> I do. But with something like that, if, um, like all the stuff that I do right now, somebody, like somebody's waiting, you know, like for instance, like the show, like Jarek is there. Like if I don't show up, then Jarek's disappointed. If I don't show up for the band, then I've got three members angry at me. If I don't show up to work, then obviously um, I get fired. <laughs> but um, but if it was a comic book, if it was just me, I'd be like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. I, I keep putting it off because it's right there. I'd, I'm a person who needs time, I think. Like, you have to be here. I'll be late, but <laughs> I will show up. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay, so this will be my, like, last question about comic books because you have so many artistic things that you're involved in. Um, sure. But what do you think about, like, comic books slash graphic novels as – as like being considered art. I know you, when you just mentioned um, being a comic book artist, I feel like that kind of gives it away, but do you feel like it's respected as an art? I think it's more respected now than it was beforehand. You know, if uh, somebody walked in and was like, hey, uh, what do you do? It's like, I'm a comic book artist. You're like, oh, that's kid stuff. But now it's, it's in your face and every, I mean, it's so, it's universal now where you can't, you can't look anywhere without seeing comic book art in some form or fashion mm-hmm. just some of those i mean like batman's killing joke was i mean there's great art in that i mean i keep bringing up batman because i love batman but i mean sometimes i'll just look at the picture i mean i'll i'll if i've never heard of it i'll flip through the pages and if the art looks cool then i'll give it a chance mm-hmm. i mean because visually i mean i think that's what draws you in for sure is the art and at the store that's why we we show three-fourths of the cover because that art you know if it catches your eye instead of it being you know just the titles 
But uh, yeah, I think art plays a big part of it. And I think uh, it's starting to be recognized now, thankfully. Okay. Okay, I'll move into music now. Um, okay. Which is probably like a big, I have like notes written down, but my computer also is at work. My other computer is working. So no, you're good. I'll no worries. I'll remember what I had Whoa. planned. Um, yeah, we'll wing it. That's what <laughs> That's yeah. the best stuff when you wing it. Yeah, so I think I had... Anyway, so what's your favorite type of music? If you had to pick one, because I know that's a really hard question. It is. I, I know, like, uh, high school me, um, like, grade school, high school me would have been hard rock all the way, for sure. And then here recently, within the ten, past 10 years, like, I took a sabbatical, I guess, just away from uh, music, playing music. I did for like four years. I wasn't even listening to music, so I got really into podcasts. Mm -hmm. But um, now it's everything. Like I'm jamming out to everything. But um, if I had to pick, it would just be, I guess, hard rock. If I had to pick, it was just my one. Mm -hmm. Just because I, I know the words to a lot more of those than I do some of the other stuff that's out. <laughs> when you took a break, was that more of just like to just kind of clear your head from music or? It was, it was a lot of things to tell you the truth. Like um, a lot of things happened at once. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I just needed to remove myself from uh, several different situations, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I just felt like it, it, it wasn't fun anymore. And um I just wasn't happy playing and I wasn't excited about it. Mm. And, and there was some other stuff that was going on, but um, so I just needed to take a break to refresh, recharge the batteries and, you know, now I'm, now I'm back. <laughs> when you took your break, were you in the band that you're in now or were you in another band and then you... No, I'm, yeah, I'm the band that I'm in now. Okay. So, I mean, I've been with Rocket Queen for, it seems like, forever. And, um, yeah, so I took a break from music altogether and just hung out and watched movies and laid on the couch and, you know, cleared my head and got rid of some demons. And then um, I was kind of on the verge of kind of getting back into music when – uh, our lead guitar player called me and wanted to, to try to get me back in and all that jazz. And so, yeah, I'm glad he did. <laughs> I was starting to get bored <laughs> after four years of doing nothing. It's like, I gotta know how Jim Morrison felt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is rocket queen, like the only band you've been in before or have you been in other ones? Like, you don't have to yeah, I've been a, you don't. Oh, I, I so many, so okay. many. I've been jamming out since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, like, I mean, even in elementary school, I had my first band. I mean, we didn't have instruments or nothing. We would just, like, fake everything and put on little shows and whatnot. But I took it seriously, and I was the lead singer of the band. <laughs> so if somebody wasn't air drumming right, uh, I'd get into them really bad. <laughs> but um, those were fun. But... Um, yeah, just, I mean, as as I got older, started jamming out, especially in high school, I was in a lot of bands. And then I went off to college, and I really didn't play much um, until, um, I guess maybe it was like two or three years before I left college. Uh, I got into a band and started jamming out, and we were playing. It was a cover band, so we were just playing at um, a local bar. And it was where all the fraternities and sororities hung out. And from there, I started joining real bands. <laughs> but yeah, I've been in several, several bands. A lot of fun, though. <laughs> all completely different from each other, which is weird. Like when you were in, I guess, like, as you said, you started getting in, like, real bands. Did you just... Mm -hmm. Did you like have to like audition or anything or was it more like, Hey, we like you come play with us or. Yeah. Uh, luckily if any band ever asked me to audition, I was like, nah, 
That's fine. Um, only because there's somebody that's better than I am for sure. And mm-hmm. so I've been a drummer my whole life and I love playing the drums. I really dig it. But there was a point where it was like, oh, hey, like all the girls are in the front. So that's where I want to be. <laughs> and everybody was always looking for a bass player. So I'm like, you know, I was, I'll learn how to play the bass. Um, the first band I played the bass in, um, I kind of I kind of fiddled around with it in high school, but uh, was that cover band, and they asked me if I knew how to play, and I was like, yeah, of course I do, <laughs> and they were like, cool, do you have your own bass? And I was like, of course I do, and I didn't on either one, and uh, they were like, cool, well we have a, a gig at Bullfrogs, and um, can you learn like these like, I think it was like sixteen or seventeen songs, and I was like, of course I can. <laughs> And uh, for the most part, I did. Um, the ones I didn't know, I would just fake it, but nobody was listening anyway. So uh, there's actual video of, of me like jamming out, like just rocking it. And during a certain song that I know that my bass is totally turned down because I didn't know. And if you look at it, my hands are in different positions than the guitar player's hands. Um, but I mean, so I do it. I think. Um, you know, it's funny, like if somebody calls me a musician, I don't find, I don't consider myself a musician. I do consider myself an entertainer who likes to play. Um, I'm not like, like the lead singer of Rocket Queen. He is a great musician. Like he knows how to play. He writes music. He writes all these great songs. And if you had a gun to my head, like, I wouldn't be able to do a quarter of what he does. Like I, my brain just doesn't work that way. I can look at you and pick up on it. You know, as far as if he's got a riff, I could turn to him and, and get it like that. But I don't know. I can't read music. So if you're like, give me an E and I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Um, so yeah, I'm more of an entertainer for sure. And um, yeah. I think I just rattled off way too long on that one. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't audition because <laughs> there's always somebody better than me. Yeah, that, 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 there it is. So I figured uh, uh, if somebody's auditioning, they're looking for somebody that's awesome. And that's not that's not me as far as musically. I can work a stage like nobody's business. <laughs> not everybody can do that. That is very true. <laughs> and there also are a lot of musicians who don't know how to read music they just that's true too yeah yeah, that's true but uh, i don't think i've ever been in a situation where somebody was like give me a g and i'm like all right cool whatever i'm like just show me right there (laughs) show it to me i got it but uh so i guess it works out in my favor but as far as like the songwriting and stuff goes no way man can't do it i've tried and they're just it's so elementary and i know if i just sat down and continued to do it like anything else maybe i'd be able to flush something out but uh uh, somebody better (laughs) so you can um so you've played the drums and you're a bassist for rocket queen do you play any other instruments or have you played any other i thought i wanted to be a guitar player at one point in time but I didn't have the patience for it. So I would learn like the first part of songs yeah. and people would be like, Oh dude, that's that song. I'm like, yeah. And then I would stop and just play something else. Cause I'm like, cool. They know that song, but I just didn't have the patience for it. Drums were just easy. Like the first time I got behind a kit, I just started playing and people were like, how long have you been playing? We didn't know you played drums. I'm like, never, never had before. It's my first time. They're like, whatever, dude. <laughs> it was just fun. Uh, it was, yeah. So I, I, I'd much rather just beat the crap out of something than pluck some strings. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I feel like drums are really hard. I've tried yeah? to play, but I think maybe I just get frustrated because I'm like, that's not how they did it in the song. And I don't know how to figure out how they did it. Right. So, yeah. But. It's a lot easier, I think, too, with, like, YouTube and things like that. If I had that when I was younger, I would – most of my time would have been spent watching YouTube as far as learning how to play certain things. Like, I think it would have helped better with guitar. Um, But I I sit and watch people play, like, especially the drum stuff. 
I think it's really cool. The bass stuff is always boring. The bass is always boring. But um, yeah, um, so young kids, like, they have that tool, they should definitely utilize it, I think, for sure. Okay, and then I, I remember another question I had. So sure. you're in a band, so I'm assuming that you've been on like tour, right? And like tour buses and stuff. So like, what's like something crazy that's, cause I know whenever I listen to like band, people in bands like do interviews, they're always like, it's crazy, man. <laughs> um, so do you have it like a crazy story that you feel comfortable sharing? Or um, we were, let's see, we were on tour with Scott Stapp of Creed, right? So it's his first tour back and he's sober and, um, you know, he's, he, he, he's walking a straight line and all that jazz and he's, uh, and he still is, but um, I can't remember where we were. My, my lead guitar player is really good about, if I have the story, he'd be like, yeah, we were at this place and at this parking lot and I'm like, whatever. But I, I forget where we were, but um, Scott's wife, somehow they found out that the bus that they were currently renting, the tour bus, um, belonged to uh, Scott Weiland and, of Stone Temple Pilots. Mm -hmm. And he had actually died on that bus. Oh, and apparently, um, like a few days before, um, everybody on the bus was feeling like this weird juju and whatnot. But um, with Scott Weiland dying of like a drug overdose, he was super into drugs and whatnot. And Scott Stapp, like recovering from drugs and whatnot. I just remember sitting in a parking lot and watching the two buses like uh, being changed out. Um, that's not really crazy, but it's, it was weird that, you know, we got to take the tour of like Scott Weiland's death bus, which was kind of weird. But other than that, like something crazy with a band like us, it's, things don't get too crazy to tell you the truth. It's like, you have to, you, you have to be at the venue at a certain time and then you sound check at a certain time. By the time we get sound, done sound checking, we have to get ready and then we play the show. And then after the show, I run to the merch booth and take care of all the merchandise while the other guys help, you know, the roadies or whatever, like pack up and make sure everything's together. They put it in the van or the trailer and um, we hang out until the show's done. And depending on where we have to be, we might have to drive eight to 16 hours to the next show. So we have to be on the road. Very few times does it get like uh, Motley Crue where it's like everybody's partying and drinking and having fun. Um, I honestly think that those days are kind of long gone as well because of how destructive and you're seeing like the people in Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue, some of the heaviest partying bands like now saying, Hey man, like it wasn't all that great. And mm -hmm. look at me now and I had to struggle to do this. And I think a lot of people are taking note where it's like, you don't have to be Motley Crue to be, rock and roll mm -hmm. you can just be yourself and you know take it easy don't get don't overdo it but um as far as crazy not too much man like there's a lot of great memories a lot of cool things that happen um i drive uh, mostly on tours because i like to see everything and i'll see something cool and uh you know the guys are in their bunks on their phones i'm like oh man you missed it Actually, here's a crazy story. So we're like, uh, we're going through, we're on tour and we're uh, going through Washington and our drummer had never been to Washington. So it was like, dude, we have to go see the White House, right? That makes sense. So our our, our van had like the, the engine or the transmission had busted. So it was in the shop and we had to rent this little bitty Sprinter van. It was a windowless van and... Uh, I'm like, let's go to the White House. And it's like three, three o'clock in the morning. So, and I'm, once we get to the, the White House, like I slow down and we're just checking it out, right? And then no joke, after we kind of made a, a loop because we're circling it, all of these unmarked black cars just like kind of just showed up out of nowhere and literally escorted us out without saying that, hey, you need to leave. Like they, they blocked, they surrounded us 
They made sure we got on the highway and left. And then I look back where we were in a windowless white van. We were, and it was cold, so we were all in jackets and hoodies. <laughs> and, you know, on the way out, all of a sudden we saw people with uh, uh, officers with like assault rifles, and like it was crazy. It was nuts. So that I guess that was pretty crazy. <laughs> you said the van doesn't ha- didn't have windows. Yeah, because our van was in the shop, so we had to get a Sprinter oh, van, okay. and I believe we were going to like New York. No, we had already played New York. We were going somewhere. I can't remember. But we had to leave it, I think, in one state. We had to drive to go play like a show or two and then come back. And, uh, yeah, since we were just driving through Washington, I was like, do the White House. Why not? And I knew our drummer had never seen it. I'm like, well, who knows if you you ever do again. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's it like performing with, or maybe it's not performing with, but I guess being on tour with like, I'm assuming you've been on like tour with bands that you like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Or, so it's pretty chill. I mean, um, used to, you would get like nervous and whatnot. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, that's you. But you soon realize that once you've toured and once you've played all these shows, you know that you're in the same boat of these guys where you're going out there, you're giving 100, 110%. And when you get off stage, you're just tired and exhausted and just realize that they're just regular old people. Mm-hmm. And half the time, musicians are talking to other musicians about equipment, like music equipment. Like the rest of my band will do that all day long. And I'm like, I play that bass through <laughs> that rig and that is it. So like, I don't care about numbers. Let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about what are you watching on TV right now? Um, and I don't know. I kind of, I don't know why, but sometimes I kind of feel bad about that fact. I'm just like, cool, man. Like I just played for an hour. Like you saw what I was playing. Now I got to talk about it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm going to see you tomorrow and we still have to talk about it. <laughs> like um, I'm fine. I'd much rather just go get some eats, read some comics, and, uh, you know, I'm done. <laughs> uh, so I guess you just mentioned, like, what you're watching. So I can use that to go into acting now. Unless, um, was there anything that you wanted to, that maybe we didn't just talk about as far as, like, um, your band and um, playing instruments and stuff? No, uh, really, um, you know, um, we got some shows coming up at the beginning of the year. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being in the studio. We're recording a cover song, um, and doing a video for that cover song. And, uh, yeah, we got some shows coming up. So I'm going to have to make this transition from comic book chats to rock and roll chats, which is always kind of hard because it's kind of two different, well, it's not really two different people, but it's two different settings. So, but I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. So come see our show. Where are you? Is it, are you playing like all over or? Right now we're going to do a whole bunch of local stuff. I know we're going to team up with hold on Hollywood to do some Houston stuff. Um, I know we're doing Pacific yard house in February and that's in Conroe. And then we'll be playing East Texas. And uh, I know we're doing like a lot of Texas, Louisiana shows. And we usually do that to, condition ourselves to getting back in that rock and roll that rock and roll groove i guess and then we will be we're looking to go to the east coast soon we've talked about it we don't have nothing solid yet but we really want to go to the east coast we have a lot of fans on the east coast mm-hmm. plus i missed the the, the cheesesteaks and the pizza <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never really been to that part of the u.s no it's a lot of fun cold right i don't like being cold it can, it can get cold that's why you go in the summer right or yeah. the springtime it'd be perfect <laughs> oh i did have another question about music you said yeah. that you all were rehearsing do you usually mm-hmm. rehearse in like a studio or do you do it in somebody's house no we have our own studio thankfully okay. yeah for sure um matter of fact we're recording um a lot of the tracks 
uh, as far as the instruments go for for the this new song um at that studio and then our lead singer has a studio like in his house so we'll do all the the um i guess the lighter stuff when i say lighter stuff i mean like we don't have to bring drums there we can bring uh, a guitar and punch it in and i'm sure he'll do vocals there and stuff like that so uh yeah we get to just walk in and turn up as loud as we want and just go crazy and not worry worry about neighbors or somebody's mom asking us to turn down because <laughs> i think you know once you get to a certain point you can't be a garage band anymore unless that's what you want to do but you know to go to that next step you can't be playing in your living room <laughs> okay i just lost something else could you walk like go through really quickly like the process of um i guess you could pick any one song that you all have worked on like how do you like how does it start off and then how do you guys record it and then produce it yeah um so like i said before walter the lead singer of rocket queen he he comes up with the majority of all this jazz so he'll have the lyrics and he'll have the ideas and uh all that jazz and he'll bring it to the band and he kind of put, he arranges it, kind of puts it together. And, um, you know, if anybody else has the input, obviously, you know, everybody shares their ideas and whatnot. And if those ideas are good enough, then they end up on the song. Then we rehearse the crap out of it. And then we go into the studio to record it. And that's broken down as I know a lot of people think that the whole band goes in together and they do it and the whole band leaves. Mm -hmm. But uh, what happens is you lay down your drum tracks first because that's the heartbeat of the band and that's what you're going off of anyway. And then uh, usually it's rhythm guitar goes over and then it's bass and then lead guitars on top of that. So once you have everything punched in musically, the uh, the singer will go and do the lead vocal, and then everybody will come in who sings a part on backing vocal. Then it gets to the mix, and you mix up all the levels and all that jazz. And once it's ready and it sounds awesome and amazing, you can uh, you can upload it, you know, to iTunes or Spotify, or put it on your album that's coming out or whatever. So that's pretty much it. It's a lot of fun. It, being the bass player, it's got the drawback where it's like super quick. I usually don't have to do too many takes. And, you know, we went to uh, Nashville to record an album that we've been Metallica working on for 10 years. Um, it When you travel to Nashville to record and you're the bass player, you got nothing to do for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you have, if you're a lead guitar player and you have an idea that makes the song better, go ahead and do it. But usually the bass, it doesn't go too crazy. So <laughs> it's whatever. But uh, yeah, it's a fun process. And I like being there usually for, for all of it. Okay, that's really cool. I'm glad I asked that because I didn't know. Oh, right on. Very cool. Um, okay, so now for real, we're going to go into acting. Sure. Um, so how did you kind of get involved with acting? Um, I was in high school and I needed to take an easy class because, uh, I don't know, because I'm lazy, I guess. And um, somebody suggested theater and I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to theater. That's where all the nerds are. Sorry, nerd. Um, but um, they're like, but all the chicks go to theater class. And I was like, cool, man, like sign me up. And I go. And of course there's like three chicks and like, you know, 15 dudes. And I'm like, so no worries. I think it was like the second or third day. Um, and I really wasn't into it, but um, the teacher had us do like this warm up exercise where everybody sits in a circle and like you're massaging each other's shoulders. And yeah, I don't know. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. So I told the teacher that I was not comfortable with it. And he kind of got on to me and in front of the whole class was like, maybe this isn't what you need to do. Maybe this isn't where you need to be. Um, you will never end up uh, acting or doing anything with it anyway. So maybe you should just transfer out of the class. I was like, fine. So maybe two or three days later, there was a casting call for a TNT miniseries. 
and I just went out and did it. And uh, I got a part and it was a very, very small part. And I busted into his class. He <laughs> was in the middle of class and I was like, so I can't do anything with acting. I was like, well, screw you because look at what I did. I've got a part of TNT miniseries. And I did, you know, I, I said a whole bunch of things that I probably shouldn't have as a high schooler and uh, got detention for it. But that's where I was like, huh. But without that happening, I wanted to do the TNT thing. And then from there, I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, I could just hang out with all these people. Like, the, this is fun. This is easy. And I had a, an advantage where my mom, she was working for Continental. She's still, well, it's now United. But uh, so I could fly anywhere in, the, in North America for $20 round trip. So my mom would leave on an international flight and I would see a casting call like in Canada or in California and I would just get on a plane to leave and I'm like 15. And then my mom would come home and she would have all of these uh, messages saying that I wasn't in school. And then she's calling everybody. Where's Chaz? Have you seen Chaz? No, I think he's in California. And she's like, what? <laughs> or he's in Canada this time and whatever. So I just started doing that and just doing like a whole bunch of extra work and um, I really never wanted to be like in front of the camera. I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, I did that for for a while, and that was pretty fun. <laughs> but I never thought I was gonna be like a a leading actor or anything like that. I never had dreams of becoming like a big famous actor. So I just did it because it was fun. <laughs> So did you ever work on like the productions as well? Wait, sorry. Well, I'll just restart that. Did you ever work as like on a, as a part of like a crew on like a video production? See, I went to college in um, Colorado. Got my associates and my bachelor's uh, graphic design and animation. And during, while I was getting my, um, uh, while I was going for my animation degree, I took a film class and in the film class, you required three projects and I ended up doing like 16 and I just fell in love with it. So I had teachers, multiple teachers and professors pull me out of class going, Hey, you hate animation and we, you need to be in film school, go to film school. And I'm like, yes, that's when I, cause animation, it just takes forever. Aww. And I don't have any patience whatsoever. And everything that I did that had to do with 3D modeling was just something with that had to do with like Kiss the band. <laughs> it was just like I had no, I, I did, I wanted to do story, Toy Story, but I didn't have the patience for it. So I ended up going to film school and uh, working on some um, local uh, films and and things like that, which was pretty fun. But I don't like to be behind the camera. I don't like somebody telling me what to do. <laughs> I so that it didn't work out <laughs> don't directors tell you what to do though when you act or is it it is but they do it with like they're happier there yeah and you're if you're really working important. for them you're... yeah i'm getting yeah so if i'm the actor then it's like hey how are you today can we do anything you are amazing thank you someone but if I'm, you know, working the lights or if I'm running cables or if I'm doing something, then it's like, hey, what are you doing today? <laughs> like, get off my set. Like, I'll have, I can replace you like that. But apparently they can't replace me when I'm in front of the camera. Of course they can. But I'm already there, so. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. That's really cool. I've always wanted to learn animation, but I feel like I might – be like you with it so i i work with like a lot of video stuff i'm a videographer for i keep saying where i work on here so i'll just say it, for a community college um, yeah so that's really cool but yeah so when i heard animation i was like that's so cool i, know, I saw um, you light up <laughs> yeah, you <do>. yeah. <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong I, it's i still love animation i love watching i wish i could be a part of something big like that but again it was, i had zero patience but without that i would i wouldn't have gotten to film and 
once I learned like editing and just like all the basics of, I just started just going crazy with, I mean, I've got so many different projects, which help now with, uh, especially with, uh, like trivia and stuff when I put together those, um, like the video stuff for trivia, it's just super simple and quick. But then I've got ideas as far as like the adventure begins TV show and, you know, anything maybe a little bit like this or like that. And I can put my two cents in and it's not just some schlub. It's like, yo, I get a degree, which mm-hmm. wouldn't matter anyway, but yeah. I guess maybe I get one more check mark than the average Joe. <laughs> what film school did, was it here in Texas or was it like in California? No, it was uh, SFA, Stephen F. Austin. Transferred there from uh, Colorado. It was one of two schools. I can't remember the other school that offered the uh, film program in Texas, but it was one of two schools. And my little brother was attending school at SFA. So I was like, well, at least I know somebody there. Mm-hmm. And then became a professional student for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Learning is fun. Well, I mean, the professional student as far as oh. <laughs> just getting up and drinking and hanging oh, out. Okay. With where you know you t- you get turned like when your pops is like, hey, all right, man, you need to buckle down and get the hell out of school. I'm tired of paying for it. Like, yeah, sorry, pop. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> um, and so now you also work with, because I know at trivia you mentioned like the a film called Crown, Crowned or Crown? Crowned, yeah. Crowned. Can I talk that about was it? a yeah that was a uh, a student film okay. and uh we made there was a there's a trailer out for it somewhere like the original and uh played a baddie which was cool and uh so anyway so they made a trailer for it ho- in hopes of getting funding for the film oh right right yeah and it's like this is what it kind of looks like and mm-hmm. whatnot and it took years Wow. Uh, then they finally got funding for it and I got a call like hey you want to reprise your role <laughs> I'm like yeah for sure so as soon as I did that once the first table read and I was like uh, oh crap like I don't know what I'm getting into only because time I don't know how to manage my time <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fun it's really cool um, you know Um, and you have a because I I still don't understand this I keep saying it wrong but so you you're not a like producer at this company but the the company that like has oh yeah co-owner co-owner okay yeah yeah unfortunately I don't get to thankfully I don't get to produce anything well I guess I kind of do because producers they spend the money Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a company called Legion M. It's co-owned by several people, including um, myself and um, Kevin Smith and the Stanley Estate. Seth Green is a co-owner as well. And um, you can submit like your movie ideas or your show ideas. And, you know, pretty much all of the co-owners, for the most part, they get to vote on whether we think it would you know, do well or not. And, uh, you know, some lucky person uh, gets picked, make the movie and, um, you know, get to see it live on theater on the screen. Well, not now, I guess on your TV screen, but we have Arch Enemy that's dropping on Sunday. And that's like, uh, we've got a thing with uh, Alamo Draft House and you could watch it on demand like VOD this Sunday. It's two different packages and you get free stuff with it. Pins and I forget what else comes out with it. It'll ship in January. <laughs> so what do you think about like kind of how movies now are like more because of the situation, how like theaters aren't, you know, they're not doing so well because there's a virus that can kill people. Um, it's yeah. yeah. It's, um, I love going to the theater. I'm one of those theater cats, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different experience than watching it at your house. It's just, I get immersed in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad that a lot of them are shutting down. And it's sad that, uh, 
we don't have something in place to help out these companies, you know? Um, I guess kind of a good thing, and I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but like drive-ins are popping up. So you still get to see the movie, but I feel with, if you're tuning in your phone or your radio to whatever you're supposed to be listening to, whatever system you have in your car is how you're going to hear it. So I don't know if I would be totally immersed in it or not with uh, with the, the drive-ins, but I think it's sad. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this movie, hopefully movie theaters stick around. But after this whole pandemic anyway, you know, it's uh, all, everything's going to come back up, I think. You know, if um, AMC shuts down, then um, DBG will show up and be the new theater, I guess. Yeah, I went to a drive-in to, I really wanted to watch Tenet when it came out and not like, it wasn't even available on our laptops and stuff. But yeah, it was really distracting for me. I think I have like some like attention problems anyway, but there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. people moving and mm-hmm. and yeah. the screen isn't yeah it was yeah. fun though but i i don't think i'll go back because i couldn't pay attention right on yeah yeah i think they had they had their heyday i guess in the 50s and whatnot or the 60s maybe i don't know um i haven't been so i couldn't tell you but i i, I think i want to go mm-hmm. just to experience it one time and just see I think it'd be more like a hangout spot. But then again, with COVID, you're probably asked to stay in your cars. Well, people were outside. That probably was also my problem. I just went by myself. So yeah. that probably wasn't as fun. But um, yeah, people were like on in their the backs of their trucks and stuff. And But I think you have to stay like with the people you drove there with or whatever. Right on. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Right on. Mm-hmm. I have to go watch something that's not as uh, serious. I have to go watch a fun one. Yeah. Like yeah. Bill and Ted or something like that. Yeah, so that was playing there when I went. Oh, I right on. Seen that one because I figure like something like that. Like if you missed a part of it, you're like, yeah, yeah. okay. Bill and Ted, it's not a big deal. Yeah, Tenet was a bad one because I know a lot of people were talking about like the audio. I thought it was just me, but. And I, I was in my car, so I actually had the ability to, to turn it up. And I was like, I still don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and so um, with being an actor, do you have an agent to like get you roles kind of? or? Mm. I, I had one at one point in time, but it was weird because when I was just looking myself, I was, you know, grabbing all like these little extra jobs or whatever. And then I got an agent and the dude couldn't find nothing for me. I'm like, what? And then I, during that time, I kind of fizzled out where I was like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And uh, here within the past, I don't know, six years or so, I started kind of getting back into it little by little. And then I mean, if you really wanted to do it, you could find it. Um, somebody's always posting something about, hey, we need help with this, that, or the other. Um, one thing is there's a lot of companies out there that uh, they're like, hey, we're working with all these great big uh, movie joints. And if we want you on our roster, so if you pay us, then we'll make sure you get uh, acting gigs. And never pay anyone for that it's a big old scam um so that's right kids listen don't pay they pay you when you they get paid when you get paid because usually agents get like 25 percent. so they're going to make a deal where they're going to get money and obviously you're going to get 75 percent. but as long as they're making money they're happy then cool once that check is cut 25 goes to them that's when they get paid not beforehand um they work for you and it's the same thing with like management and rock and roll managers get paid 25% usually. And uh, it's because they're out there hustling, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> so no agent. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, and then I guess really quickly, do you want to talk a little bit about like tattooing and sketching? 
that you do? Or I guess of the few tattoos that you may have done or? Yeah, tattoos came about when, um, at my first job out of high school, um, I was hanging out at a tattoo shop and I was just there every day. And then I became like a, a, a like a grunt where it was like, I would go get everybody's like sandwiches and, and whatnot, or I'd make like supply runs. And then I became a, a body piercer there. So they actually oh. you know, gave me a job and it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it, mm. but being the new guy, you're the guinea pig. So I was, I was getting pierced all the time or you'd have oh. to pierce yourself. Um, I didn't mind it so much. I was in the process of moving and I had a big piece of artwork in the back of my car. The tattoo manager and myself were going off to go get lunch. And um, he had mentioned, he was like, what's that piece? And I was like, it's something that I'm just kind of working on. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So anyway, we get back to the shop. He's left something in my car, throwing my keys. And then a couple of minutes later, I get called into the, the owner's office. And the owner is like, somebody you don't want to mess with is a bandito. And it's scary. And when he's like, hey, he needs to see you. You're like, what did I do? So they asked me to sit down and then the, the tattoo manager brings in a piece of artwork and the owner was like, is that yours? I said, yeah. He's like, you did that? Yeah. I was like, all right, man, you're a tattoo artist now. But I don't want to be a tattoo. You're a tattoo artist now. Oh, so you can't, you can't argue with the bandito. Um, so I, I liked it, but it, I was always scared that I was going to mess up on someone. And if I did, it was on him forever. And, and I didn't, I mean, I'm sure there's some pieces out there that aren't a hundred percent, but they're not, they're not bad, especially probably some of my earlier pieces, but I just, I was never comfortable. And, um, so, um, I was at a tattoo convention in Conroe actually. And I was walking around, I was taking a break and I saw all these old school tattoo artists with nobody and at their booths for like two days and I was like uh I don't want to be that so that's when I went off to animation school <laughs> oh yeah I, I watched Toy Story that night and I was like I know what I want to be I want to be an animator but um so like I I I, I appear on a show called Nerd News Now and we it's a it's a podcast you can get all like on mute uh iTunes and Spotify and iHeart and I'm mainly there as like comedic relief, mm -hmm. as at least that's what I think. Um, so yeah, the hosts Mark and Jen. So while they're talking and discussing like in-depth nerd stuff, like if I don't need to chime in, I just started doodling, and I would doodle on pages that kind of look like this, mm -hmm. but they're paid. They're slides from. The, the Adventure Begins show and I would just doodle on them and then, you know, somebody would see it and I would just give them away. And now people request requesting them. And so now I try to find what I can do within that hour. And depending on how much I talk, depends on how big the piece is. Mm. So you can tell if it's detailed and whatnot, I really didn't have much to say, but if it's something small, it's like, yeah, hey, Chaz was talking a lot then. But, um, so that's how that came about. And I just like to doodle. I don't call them art because I don't think they're anything spectacular. Um, it's just something fun. It, it passes the time when I'm not talking. <laughs> cool. Well, it's almost five, so I just have two more questions for you. Sure. The last question is, because I don't want to go, you know, like in your schedule. Um, what was it? Oh, so if you had to define art, um, how would you define it oh wow oh i have no idea um i just think uh, it's an expression of oneself i think for the most part it could be um art can be everything it's emotion it's um it's dreams um i don't know i think i think artists i think art is everything I mean, even the stuff that, I mean, uh, after you ask that question, I'm just looking around the house and I'm like the door right in front of me, somebody made that because they thought of it and that's art. They had to draw that. And now, and it doesn't mean uh, art is just 
drawing pen and paper, whatever art is. I mean, somebody sculpted that door. <laughs> um, I think it's passion. I think it's everything, man. I think without art, oh man, this would be a boring, colorless world. It'd be absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Okay, I lied. These are my last two questions. Okay. This is, um, what advice would you have for people out there who, since you do so many things and it seems like you really like, you know, you really like all the work that you're involved in. Um, what advice do you have for people that maybe they can, I don't know, do what they are passionate about and. Same thing. I tell my kid, um, just do it. And I would tell anybody. And I know that's just like so cliche, but I don't think it. I don't think a lot of people take that to, to heart. If there's something you're passionate about, just get out and do it. Because, you know, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, when my kid, when I found out I was having a kid, everybody was pressuring me to do a nine to five job and you have to make sure this and this and this and this and this. And for a time I was like, oh man, I have to do that. Like my life is over. And I'm not saying that because I have a kid is because um, it's just like the things that I was doing were just done. So the life that I knew it was over and here, here we go with a new life. This is going to be a new Chaz. And I struggled with that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, I don't have to, who says I have to have a nine to five as long as she's provided for and whatever she needs, then you can do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, it's just do it. Like everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done because I got off my butt and I did it. I wanted to be in a, a movie. Maybe it was because somebody was like, you'll never do it. Doesn't matter. I went and did it. Um, you know, when I was in elementary school, my mom got called into uh, a parent teacher conference and they're like, he's smart. We've tested him. He, you know, he tests really well, but he's just not doing the work. And they're like, my mom's like, why? And I'm like, cause I'm going to be a rock star when I grow up. I don't need to know math and English and all this. I don't need to. And my mom hated me saying that when I was little, because she was like, well, if you don't apply yourself, you're not going to go to school. You're not going to get a good, good job. But now that I'm a quote unquote rock star, maybe not like Metallica wise, but you know, she likes telling the story. She was like, yo, that's funny. He knew what he was going to be. I mean, but yeah, man, just do it. Get off your butt and do it. Whatever it is, do it. I don't want to hear no excuses. Get frustrated. I'm going to get angry at the people I'm not even talking to. <laughs> get off your butt and do it. <laughs> Got it. I will take that advice too. You should. If I find out there's something that you wanted to do and you didn't do it because you were, you just didn't do it, <laughs> you in the shins. <laughs> cool. Okay, now this is the last question. Is there anything that you'd like to kind of plug or mention that maybe you haven't had a chance to or if you want to say it all together? And then I can also oh. link um, everything as well. Um, no, I mean, so we got the rocket queen shows coming up early in the year. And as long as you're following myself or the band, or you're, you, you'll see it. Cause I promo things like nobody's business. Um, other than that, I've got some trivia nights that I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And again, social media, you'll be able to find it there. Um, there may or may not be a awesome TV show. I may or may not be appearing on later, but again, follow me and find out. Um, I don't think I have anything big, really. I mean, it's coming out other than follow me, the RNR nerd on social media and Chaz Graves on Facebook. I'll add you. And then you'll just see all the craziness that, that goes on. Sometimes like a special appearance by somebody will, will happen. We don't know who shows up on my, on my stuff. <laughs> Might run into somebody special. Who knows? And what about extra life? Oh yeah. Extra life. <laughs> see, I keep thinking I'm taking it down and that's why it's oh, not, okay. okay. unless I see the, but I, I no, I'm going to keep up extra life. So extra life, um, 
there's a goal set for $2,500. And uh, whether you donate a little bit or a lot of it, um, there are donation incentives with uh, like stickers. There's artwork from Nerd News Now that I, that I doodle. There's uh, gift cards to several different places. There's toys, comics, and I'm adding new stuff as I get them. And I'm trying to reach this $2,500 goal because last year when the Adventure Begins hosted Extra Life, we reached that goal like that. Like, but I know 2020 is just horrible and, you know, funds are tight. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not angry at anyone and I'm not angry at the fact that we haven't got to our goal yet because I know we will. But once we get to the goal, Jarek and I from uh, the Adventure Begins we are going to eat black reaper chocolate peppers, uh, chocolates, black reaper pepper chocolates. We're going to eat those. And the original idea usually is you can't drink anything for like five minutes and you do a Q&A. But I don't think anybody is going to want to talk to us for five minutes as we're like snotting all over each other. So we're going to host a live Funko Friday. So it'll be like a Zoinks unboxing live I've got a whole bunch of uh, Funko Pops I need to unbox from mystery boxes from different places. And uh, we're going to open them up. Whatever they go for on the pop price guide, that's what we're selling them for. And um, it's it's just going to be fun. Okay. I'm not looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting it over with. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, so you just go to extralife.org, I think, and then um, just search the r Nerd or Chaz Graves, and my page will pop up. And if you donate, uh, well, I've got prizes. And you, and you want a prize, I got them for you. Cool. All right. Well, um, if you don't have any other plug items. Okay, cool. Well, thank cool. you. Thank you so much. Had fun. Okay. Bye. I will see you at Trivia. Yes, have fun tonight at Trivia. <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be crazy. Okay. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye.